We are one day away from the Auburn Tigers 2022 football season, and there are still kind of questions on what the quarterback situation may look like. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us. And Justin, I never thought I would say this after getting the opportunity to cover Bo Nix at quarterback uh, at Auburn for several years. But man, Auburn naming TJ Finley starter and just the folks that are just still so, so upset about this. It's um, it's it's not as polarizing as the Bo Nix situation was, but it's up there. Yeah, and if you are... One of those people that are upset about TJ Finley being named the starter. Well, too bad. He was the best option. I mean, honestly, um, you know, he was, he did nothing to really lose that spot up top that he had had pretty much all off season. He earned this job. I mean, he played the best of the quarterbacks, even from what we could see. And then obviously from what they did in scrimmages and and behind closed doors. So yeah, man, this was a, uh, this is the best option Auburn's got right now. And, um, you know, I think you're going to see an improved TJ Finley on Saturday. I don't know how much improved. I don't right. know how much more accurate. But I do think this dude's got a ton more confidence. And I think he's going to be a little bit more willing, or a lot more willing, to run and evade than he did last season, which I know he got uh, hit for a lot because of, you know, the lack of mobility, just kind of staying in the pocket. I think you're going to see a difference in that, especially – in this first game when you're playing an opponent that just isn't at the same talent level as you are. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up the mobility of TJ Finley because I think there's two schools of thought, right? Uh, one is he's not mobile. No matter what he does, everything he does will always be bad, right? That's that's what mm, some people right. say. But physically, to me, he looks like he's leaned up. He looks like a different, mm-hmm. more athletic quarterback. I'm not saying right. that he, he's... I'm not saying that, you know, he's Cam Newton. I, I'm not saying that. But he is moving better than he was... A year ago. I don't think there's really any debate to that. And then also, we don't know the extent of his ankle injury, but he was dealing with some ankle stuff um, during the the stint of the end of the season last year. And and just, you and I talked about it briefly after the practice on Saturday, and it's like, he just looked way better than all the other quarterbacks. It's an open practice. What does that even mean? Does it mean anything? But the quarterback did a lot of individual stuff where they were rolling out of the pocket and moving and... He, he looked like pretty, I don't know, he, he was running pretty smooth to me. Yeah, he, he has definitely gotten a lot more um, confident in that side of his game. He yeah. said he went back and watched a lot of uh, a lot of Joe Burrow at 2019 LSU. And, you know, Burrow, obviously an incredible passer, but one of the things, and Auburn fans can remember this vividly, like yeah. his ability to evade and keep plays alive and work to get some of those guys open downfield at like Jamar Chase, like Justin Jefferson, made that offense even more deadly than it was to begin with. So I think that's what he's trying to bring to the table, uh, especially knowing that Robbie Ashford, his backup, is a guy that is known for his running ability. So I think, you know, there's going to be part of him that naturally wants to be able to provide some of that 
um, and, and not be a, a statue in the pocket uh, because, you know, the guy behind him, you know, he's got wheels and, and you know, he, he can do that and bring that to the table. So it's a side of his game that he had to improve and sounded like he put a lot of work into it this offseason. Ferg, to the folks that are that are anti-Finley and just are in sure. the camp of, hey, he can never get better. And what we saw in his time as starter last year after Bo went down and got hurt, um, that that's who he is for forever. I mean, there's a lot of people that think this way, right? Like, I, I just got a review that was, like, hating on the show because of the first play of the Birmingham Bowl when TJ missed a guy by five yards or something like that. And it's like, if you're in that camp, I mean, I, I don't think there's any convincing at this point unless he goes out and does it, and they're going to be kind of rooting for him to fail, which is weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I... I guess what do you say to them in regards of like guys can get better guys can be developed and and become better players. Yeah. Guys can get better. uh, As Brian Hartson said this week, guys can get better. And that includes quarterbacks at Auburn. Here's the problem. It just hadn't happened in a while. Yeah. Um, I I would say that uh, Bo Nix got, you know, not a ton better, but there was, there was statistical improvement last from uh, 2020 to 2021 under Brian Hartson. Yeah. Um, Hartson has a track record of his quarterbacks getting better over time. Uh, definitely happened during his time at Boise State. Um, and then on top of that, it's just like the last staff, that was not their, that was not one of their strengths. That was not one of the strengths of the Gus Malzahn scheme, his offense, whatever, just quarterback development. I mean, outside of the first one he had in, 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 in Auburn for two years, Nick Marshall, yep. you didn't really see kind of see th- those good steps forward. So uh, I would say like, yeah, guys can get better over time. And depending on how old you are, as an Auburn fan, you may remember some of these. You know, Jason Campbell was a guy that people did not want to see anymore. Unreal. Tor- towards the end of his career. <laughs> You're right. They wanted Brandon Cox. And then it was like, boom, here comes uh, here comes Jason Campbell. He ends up being a first-rounder, leading an undefeated team. Ben Leard is another great example of that. Um, you know, and I, I can't say that I remember very much of the Ben Leard, ben, ben Leard situation, but you go back and read stories. Yeah, and you look at the numbers. That, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, definitely happened there. So, like, Guys can get better. You're not a finished product. And for a guy like TJ Finley, you're definitely not a finished product because the two years of college football you've played at quarterback, you were an emergency option. Mm -hmm. You were not the guy. And he even said it this week. There's just this this change in mindset and confidence when you are the guy. When they roll out the red carpet for you and say, hey, man, you're QB1, go to work. That's, I mean, any any of us could sit into a situation and be like, all right, if – if we had a job that we had to do and a, a role we had to fill and it was like, well, we didn't want you to have to do this, but you're going to have to. You do that for two years compared to like, no, no, no. This is your job. We're training you for it. We believe in you. This is this is what you are now. This is what you're doing. Of course, if you put yourself in this situation, you know you're going to feel a lot better on, yeah. on that second one. So I think that could have some carryover effect and that could fuel some development. Again, I'm not saying he's going to become Jason Campbell. I'm not going to say he's def- definitely going to take a step forward, right? But like, there's a lot of reasons to believe that you, that he could, because this is just a completely different si- situation than he has been in. Honestly, it's a different situation that Auburn fans have, have been in for a while at the quarterback True. spot. No, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. I want to bring Robbie Ashford into this conversation in, in just a moment, Justin. But real quick to kind of put a bow on the Finley talk. Yesterday, I did uh, I did eight bold predictions. For, for Auburn's season this year. The first one I read was I said, TJ Finley starts all 12 games this year. On a scale of 1 to 10, how spicy is that, uh, is that take? 
man, I, it, in the middle, probably like a five, like maybe a six, just because there's different options. But I, you know, from what we've heard from Brian Harson and seen this past couple of weeks, like they, they want him to be the guy. And, yeah, and right. I think they feel like he's the best option there. Um, yeah. I mean, and I think also just the way this schedule sets up lends itself to it. Right. You play Mercer in week one, then you play San Jose state, then you play Penn state, then you start your sec games. Those are all at home. Like you have yeah. a runway to get momentum. And so that by the second half of the season, when the games get tougher, are you really going to pull a guy? Are you really going to replace a guy that deep in the season unless he's like completely off the rails at quarterback by that point? So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's that spicy at all. I could see it going either way. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Auburn's plan and their hope is that TJ Finley has taken that step forward. He is that quarterback that has been in the lead for this job all, all fall and that he's going to hold on to it. Right. There is a narrative that has emerged that TJ will start the season and Zach Calzada will end the season, which to me doesn't even make sense because, like, all the excitement was about Robbie Ashford. Like, Robbie Ashford is a backup quarterback right now. I mean, yep. wh wh where are you with that? I think a lot of people, you know, bought into to Calzada, and, and he I did. did have All yeah. summer. Oh, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, under, I understand that 100%. Um, Calzada did have better numbers than Finley did last season in a little bit more time. He obviously had the big game against Alabama. Right. Uh, but I, you know, honestly, the what happened in the spring and that he was unable to go fully and that shoulder injury, like it, it did affect him. And because what we saw in the fall from Zach Calzada was a quarterback that was inconsistent mm -hmm. and just there was everyone in the, on the coaching staff, the guys we talked to, and, and even a couple of players as well. Like you talk differently about Finley and Ashford yeah. compared to him. So. Yeah, I mean, if 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 Calzada ends up being the guy at some point this season, I don't think I think it's going to have to be a situation where not only T.J. Finley doesn't work out, but then Robbie Ashford doesn't work out as well because this is not like all he's got to do is wait for the starter to come out. Like you need two quarterbacks to show that they shouldn't be the guy moving forward for him to jump in that spot. That's that's kind of the situation you're in right and now. And then if I think if you're Zach Calzada. I mean, then I think you could even make the argument of if you're at that point. And the season is just falling apart, which you would have to think it is if your first two quarterbacks need to be pulled. Then I almost think there's a conversation of like, well, do you go ahead and let Gurner get reps? Because he's the future. Like, I, I think you could definitely, definitely make that argument. Um, all right. I want to I want to get Justin's thoughts on how Robbie Ashford really kind of fits. Is there going to be a quarterback rotation? Is that what we're going to see tomorrow when the Auburn Tigers host Mercer? We'll see in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Are you one of those people who think it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. Absolutely wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high, and you don't only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. We'll talk about Robbie Ashford in just a moment, but the website, Auburn Observer, hitting another milestone, right? Yeah, so this week uh, we celebrated our second anniversary. This is year three of the Observer and uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good time to get on board because we've got we've had a ton of stuff this this uh, off season, and we'll have even more here now that it is football season. So 
coverage, uh, observations from the game this weekend will be up on Sunday. We'll have a recap podcast about film room on Monday. And then we roll right into week week two uh, action. So you can check it all out, auburnobserver.com. Click around there, see what you see if you like uh, the previews that we have. Listen to our free podcast. And if you want to subscribe, $6 a month or $60 a year. And uh, we email everything to you. So you don't have to wait for a link or anything like that. Everything we do uh, comes right to your inbox. So check it out, auburnobserver.com. Yeah, I am giddy in excitement for that Monday mailbag that will be here in just a few days. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, so Robbie Ashford, how much do you think he plays? We're assuming there's no injury. We're assuming TJ plays fine, unless you don't think he's going to. Um, <laughs> how much does Robbie Ashford play tomorrow? You know, heading into this week, I would have said, I think Robbie Ashford plays in the first half, and I think Auburn tries to find a way to get him on the field in a non-garbage time capacity. Okay. Harson's comments earlier this week kind of cooled that off for me a little bit. I want to stick to my guns. I still want to say that what we saw towards the end of fall camp the last couple of weeks where it seemed like Ashford was getting some first-team looks, even mm-hmm. though we all knew it was pointed towards TJ Finley, is a sign you know, I wrote a, a mail, or sorry, a newsletter earlier this week about uh, kind of how this parallels the situation that Harson was in at Boise State when they got Montel Cozart um, and kind of the what they did with him and Brett Rippin in uh, the 2017 season. So I, I want to stick to my guns, I really do. But I do think there's also so much value in because it is TJ Finley and just saying like, hey man, this is your job. And we're going to let you get as many reps and as much experience as again. And that kind of alluded to what Harson said uh, earlier this week. Yeah, I, I, I think we do see Ashford. Um, I still want to say you see him in, in some capacity in the first half, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the case just because um, I think there's so much value in like getting Finley one of these games where he gets a lot of confidence and you're saying, hey, you're QB1, buddy. We, we're, we're with you. Um, but it all comes down to what this staff views that Ashford can do. And if, if, if they feel like that Ashford can be that kind of change of pace or that package player, whatever you want to call it, uh, that can help out what the offense, maybe do some things that Ashford can, or that uh, Finley can't provide yeah. with his legs. There's a chance that, that Auburn struggles in this game. I mean, they did it against Mercer four years ago, and I want to get your thoughts on, on what that may look like in a second. But let's assume... Five, five turnovers in 17. That'll do it to yeah, you that, for sure. Five turnovers against anybody. It's going, to be a, it's going to be a disaster. But let's assume Auburn does what it needs to do, and they just outman Mercer, right? And let's just say yep. they score seemingly at will. How many quarterbacks do you think we see? Probably just two. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily see a third one unless, I mean, you have just blown the doors off of this team and you're in the fourth quarter and you're just, you're just pulling everybody. I think two probably is going to be your max, but um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. I I just think it it would be different if we were talking about Zach Calzada this last month as in, oh, he's right there with those guys. And there's kind of that, but like there was a, the way, like I said earlier, the way he was talked about compared to Finley and Astro was just different. It's like, hey, we're bringing him along. You know, Eric Kiesel talked about the injury and, and and not, you know, being there fully in spring, how much, you know, you know they're trying to bring him along that way. So, you know, I, I think that's what's probably going to hold it back. But like you said earlier, hey, if you want, if, 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 if Holden Garner's been throwing the ball really well recently, you get four to redshirt. This is a game. If you want to roll him out there and, and try it, this would be the time. But I do think there's a lot more value in, putting the guys out there that you want to be the guys this season and letting them build there. So one or two would probably be the way to go. If Gurner gets in, does Calzada transfer soon? 
the thing about Calzada transferring and the thing about all that is it's like, well, he's already used his one time. I don't know where he sits in terms of graduating or anything like that. But yeah, I I felt like the third quarterback in this battle would probably be somebody who wouldn't hang around. It's just when Mm -hmm. there's really not value in leaving right now. That's right. You know, other than like, because, and like to, to the point that other people are making, like you could be an injury or, uh, or you know, a, a bad form away of having to be that guy, right? Right. So I don't think Calzada can count out. And, and from what we've seen in practices and what we saw down the stretch of fall camp, he did not look like a dude that was down in the dumps about being being third string. This dude continues to work and continues to to, to do what he needs to do. So I think he's got to be ready. But yeah, I, I, I said earlier, I don't, I don't think that all three of your, your uh, older quarterbacks would hang around in that situation. And I think also Garner's progress in a, in a, in a perfect world could push some of that. Yeah. And I, I hate to even bring this up, but I think it is a reality. I think Garner's solid to Auburn. I, I think he understands that he's got a really good chance to be the next quarterback in the future, whenever that is. For sure. But there's still going to be some recruiting, right? Like you got to re-recruit oh, yeah. the guys that are already on your team, right? Yeah, I think the thing that's helping out Auburn right now is that there isn't a 2023 quarterback on the board, and there might not be. Good point. They might. They've got Adrian Posse already at uh, as your 2024 quarterback. They mm-hmm. could still try to get a guy like Aaron Nolan as well and double up. But yeah, all four of the quarterbacks in the room right now have multiple years of eligibility left. Like so, this was a situation like if you want to get one really good quarterback a year, I get that. I you know that's that makes sense in the modern landscape of college football. But like if there was a year to kind of not have it and have a little bit of a break and not recruit over people's head and push around. Yep. This was, this would have been it. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. How could Auburn potentially struggle on Saturday against Mercer? We touch on that in just a moment right here on locked on Auburn. Got to tell you folks about our friends at frisky whiskey. It is just uh, about 10 to 15 minutes outside of Opelika, maybe 20 minutes outside of Auburn. Or look, if you're coming to campus this weekend from Atlanta, just stop on the way in, especially if you're tailgating. You're not going to find better deals for all of your tailgating uh, alcohol, liquor, spirits, whatever it may be, than at Frisky Whiskey. They're just inside of Georgia. They have different tax regulations and, and things like that in Alabama. So the prices are dramatically less than anything you'll find throughout the state of Alabama. And also, Frisky Whiskey, they've got 10,000 square feet of selection. It's ridiculous. Borderline overwhelming the first time you go in there. There's just so much great value and so many great options at our friends at Frisky Whiskey. It's right off of 85, right outside of the Alabama line, right inside of Georgia. And if you're on 85 and once you get close, you will see billboards all over the place pointing to Frisky Whiskey. It is the only place that I buy my alcohol and liquor, and I think it should be the only place for you as well. Check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. We got a few minutes left this week with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. You mentioned turnovers a few minutes ago. Outside of turnovers, outside of injuries, are there any kind of concerns when you look at this and it's like, okay, if Auburn does struggle like they did in 17, it's because of this. Number 13, their wide receiver seems to be significantly better than everybody else on their roster. I'm thinking maybe maybe he gives Jalen or Nehemiah or, you know, Auburn starting corners, maybe he gives them some trouble. I think that'll be a really fun matchup to see. But outside of that, Jay Ferg, I'm not really seeing anything. 
Not really seeing a ton. I think offensively, the the worry is new offensive lines and new pieces. Do you struggle? Mercer did a really good job of slowing down the run in week one against Morehead State. Yes, it is Morehead State. But, yep. um, you know, they have been more susceptible to the air than on the ground the last couple of seasons. Alabama put up a ton of yards through the air. Didn't have as quite as much success on the ground last season than they're meeting last year. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking of. Like, what if Auburn's offensive line really doesn't show a lot of progress, really show a lot of growth. Some of that newness really stands out. That could be something to worry about. Um, but, yeah, you, you were talking about uh, the big play receiver for, for Mercer. This was an offense built on big plays. Um, they were, you know, t- top 20 offense in FCS last season in terms of just generating the big number. Um, they when they When they get hot on offense, they can put up a lot of points. They obviously did that last week. Special teams could also be an advantage. They had a 93-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, but, yeah, I, I go back to something Jalen Simpson said earlier this week where it was like, you know, Ben, don't break. And I know people hate hearing that, but uh, like they, it is. They freaked out, yeah. It's a smart philosophy in modern football because, like, it's hard to it's hard to just say, hey, we're going to run line up and dominate you. And, of course, against Mercer, you obviously don't have to worry about it as much. But the thought process there is this with Mercer. What fuels an upset or what fuels a closer than expected game is big plays. Guy makes a mistake, guy falls down in coverage, you know, there's there's a bust, boom, big play. Right. If you play good, sound defense, keep everything in front of you and say, hey, you're going to have to drive on us. The strength that you have in the trenches, the size and the talent difference is going to wear them down eventually, right? You don't want to give up big plays. You don't want to give up the chunks against them. So keep everything in front of you. Yeah, they might get some opportunities in between the twenties, you know, but you got to prevent them from from getting the big play because last season at the FCS level, and also I think against a team like Auburn, and this if you if if Auburn makes them try to drive and sustain a drive, it just, it's not a it's not a sustainable uh, strategy against a team that is that much bigger and more talented than you, especially in the trenches. You will wear down, and and things will look very lopsided very quickly if you do that. Now. If you can get these two, three play drives, or you're hitting big, big shots, which is what they're already, you know, kind of uh, wary of because of what they did last week against Morehead State, right? Yeah, that's that's how you hang around. That's how you stay in the game. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good analysis there. As far as players that you think could break out, be kind of the heroes of the game, if there is such a term for that against Mercer. I labeled Tavares Dawson. I think he's going to kind of win the day. You know, there's been so much talk about, you know, Shedrick Jackson coming back and Malcolm Johnson Jr. and Coy Moore's battle at that spot and Camden Brown, you know, kind of being the fall crush that everybody loves. Tavares Dawson has been steady. I mean, yep. every time he's brought up, you know, to the coaching staff, they talk about um, they talk about how great of a fall he's had. And we heard that last fall, and then, you know, he had to take some time off and, and all that. But I think he's going to be kind of the guy that emerges, and I think that starts Saturday. Yeah, that's a good pick. I'll also say in the in these games, if you want to look for guys who can stand out, it's FBS versus FBS, FCS. The guys who look like FBS players are going to probably do a better job against the FCS guys size-wise. So I'm looking at a guy like Camden Brown. I'm looking at a guy like, obviously, Tank Bigsby because of what he can do breaking tackles. Yeah. I'm looking at a guy like Cam Riley because Mercer's Mercer's offense is not going to have plenty of big boys there. You know, I'm looking at, obviously, the edge rushers and the deep, like Colby Wooden uh, as a good example you know, of guys who can just pop and, and have really good games because I think that's where, where it happens. Mercer's a good football team. They're well-coached. 
Um, they gave it a heck of a run last year in the FCS. It was borderline playoff team last year. Yep. Um, they are, if you look at, this is something we talked about in the mailbag on, on Friday. If you look at the Sagarin ratings right now, Mercer is a better team than Akron last season that Auburn played. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there is a difference. Like, I think both of the teams Auburn played, played this year are significantly better than both of the teams Auburn played to start last season. I agree, yep. So, you see that in stuff like the Vegas spread. You see stuff like that uh, in, in just the way it works. But I will say, your bodies and your talent level, just like who looks like an SEC player compared to an FCS player, mm-hmm. those guys are usually the ones who make make the big difference in these games. So I'm looking to see if those guys could do that. Justin Ferguson, tell folks one more time what all they get during the football season when they subscribe to the Auburn Observer. Auburn Observer, you get pretty much a newsletter per day or close to it uh, covering Auburn football. And, of course, we'll have more basketball as we ramp up getting closer to that as well. We get podcasts. Uh, you can listen to our recap podcasts, our free ones. Those will, those will come out on Sundays during football season. Sunday afternoons, you can check that out wherever you listen to podcasts. Our preview podcast covering the Mercer game came out on Thursday, Painter and I. And then also, if you subscribe, you get um, you get the uh, Friends of the Program podcast with Painter and Dave McKinney and uh, Pablo Escobar on Twitter. You can check all that out. And, uh, yeah, the, the newsletters, a ton of it, mailbags, film rooms, observations, you know, analysis, deep dives, whatever you want to call it. We've got a ton of it at The Observer. Yeah. $6 a month or $60 a year, sign up. Yeah, it's worth it just for the Monday mail, uh, the, the Monday film rooms, guys. Like, uh, I'm telling you, like, it's worth it just for that, and then everything else is just gravy, seriously. So be sure to check that out, auburnobserver.com. We'll be back Sunday morning for a little morning after show. Daryl Daprich will join me for that to recap everything that happened that impacts Auburn, obviously, with their game and other things happening throughout college football. So stay tuned. We'll see you Sunday morning and then back to normal on Monday as well. All right here on Locked on Auburn.